on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Oh, now on 96.5 FM, by the way, Mohawk Valley. We're loving that. Great to be back on the FM out that way. You can listen to us wherever you go, whatever you're doing, on the ESPN app. Just download the app. Many of you, I'm sure, already have it on your phone. And by golly, you can listen to this show wherever you go, whatever you do, on the ESPN app. Just find the Listen tab, find us, and off you go into the world doing things, and we will do them with you. Please take us with you. We like to do things, experience things, see the world a little bit, right? We'll help you uh, go Christmas shopping for Grandma. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, you can take us with you on the ESPN app. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter or the On the Block text line. You can reach us there. you got your face in your phone. You might as well fire off a hot take or two at us anyway, right? That's hot. Yeah, that's right. 315-288-0644 is the On the Block text line. We've got a lot to cover today. We will spend most of our time on Syracuse Georgetown, a little basketball game coming up at the Carrier Dome tomorrow. It's a football Friday on the block, so the NFL Blitz is on the way. I'll give you my NFL picks. Not a lot of college games to pick, short of the Army-Navy game that's happening this weekend. So that is on the way, your usual football Friday festivities. We'll do hot takes as usual, including why Lance Armstrong, hey, remember him, is about to become a billionaire with a B. Billion dollars. That's right, Coach. Plus a Tim Tebow update for all of you breathlessly awaiting the arrival of Timothy Tebow in Syracuse with the now Syracuse Mets in April. That's to come in hot takes. We are going to check in with our good friend Kevin Brown. Speaking of the Syracuse Mets, of course, formerly the Syracuse Chiefs, KB used to be the voice of the Syracuse Chiefs. He's now calling games for ESPN, and a game he'll be calling this weekend is North Dakota State and Colgate. What a concept. College football playoffs, right, as Colgate. They've got quite a mountain to climb. We talked to their head coach, Dan Hunt, earlier in the week. If you missed that interview, by the way, it's up at ESPNSyracuse.com. So you can listen there, listen to all of our interviews on demand. And, you know, for those of you that aren't familiar, North Dakota State is, they're good. Like, they are Alabama good. Like, they are, they've won five of the last six national championships at the FCS level. 
good. They have one of the toughest home environments in college football, the Fargo Dome, as it's called. 20,000 people packed in. It's almost like, you know, the like a, a small hockey arena, and they're just right on top of you. And it is going to be quite a challenge. It is a team in North Dakota State that loves to run the football. They average over 300 yards per game on the ground alone. They're blowing out opponents left and right. They won last week. I think it was 52-10. to 10. Whereas Colgate also loves to run the football and really hangs its hat on defense, ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. Very physical football, and they're going to try and impose their will on this team. And you'll get to watch it. Tomorrow, speaking of, of picks we should make, we should add that to the list of games to not only watch but uh, give you in the pick six later in the show. So KB is going to join us. It'll be great to catch up with him, and he'll preview what kind of game he expects to see tomorrow with us. We'll do that right here in our number one. So big show. Glad you're here and a part of it. I, I, I sh- We should be doing like Facebook Live or something right now because I have a Snoopy sweater on right now. We had our big holiday party today, the Galaxy Media Holiday extravaganza out of the Turning Stone. It's great to uh, see some people we don't always get to see from our Utica office. And uh, great time as always. Uh, the big one, Ed Levine and Pam Levine and the great uh, management here at, at Galaxy Media put on a, a great party for us. And we enjoyed that. So we had, see, I think we need to change it. It should not be ugly sweaters. It should just be best Christmas sweater contest. Or in Seth's case, he had the one Hanukkah sweater on. In, in the place. Holiday sweater contest. It shouldn't be ugly anymore because I've got this Snoopy sweater on and it's got lights in it and I don't know how to turn off the lights, which makes it very easy to find in the closet, but I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to wear this thing at like two other Christmas parties this year, so just put that vision in your head. Maybe we'll tweet a picture or something. Me in a Snoopy sweater that's that's lighting up right now. Getting into the holiday spirit. We're getting into the Syracuse Georgetown spirit. Tomorrow, 3.30 tip. You'll hear it over on Brostat TK99 here on ESPN Radio AM 1200. Pre- and post-game coverage right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse tomorrow. I think, not that we're forgetting, but it is not a bad idea to remind you that this was a hell of a game last year. Last year's game was at Georgetown. It was 86-79, a Syracuse win in overtime. Tyus Battle scored 29 points, had to hit six out of eight shots that were from three-point range. He shot eight of 23 in that game. Six of them were threes. O'Shea Brissett went into halftime basically having done nothing, finishes the game with 25 points and 14 rebounds. Frank Howard, who are all waiting to see when he's going to kick it into gear, get over that injury that we've seen early in the season, some of the mental hurdles that have been there for him. 19 points, 9 assists in that game. Had a huge steal down the stretch for Syracuse, who trailed in this game by about 18 points. You know, there are so many great Syracuse-Georgetown moments in history, and we spent a lot of time this week discussing the rivalry and whether it will and whether it should continue beyond this year. And Look, history is one thing. Patrick Ewing being back at Georgetown certainly puts some life into the rivalry. It's one of the main reasons I want to see it continue because there's a link to the past there, and I think you need that for a rivalry such as this to continue in the modern era when they're not in the same conference. Like Rivalries are teams you play every year, and most of the time they're in your conference. There are exceptions to all rules here. 
But when you put these two teams on the floor, more often than not, what you're getting is great basketball. And I was looking back at last year's game, and I kind of had it in my head, of course. Like, man, that was a great game. And one of the best players that Georgetown had in that game and has period is back, and, I, and you got to start right there with Jesse Govan and how Syracuse contends with him. He is, you know, averaging 19 points per game. The kid can score from anywhere on the floor. He's shooting 60% from the field. He's 10 of 21 from three-point range. And what we've seen from Syracuse, of course, is the center position is still kind of finding its way. Barama Sidibe is only getting five to eight minutes a game. Pascal has had his moments, but you know certainly is struggling to find some consistency. You've had to put Marek Doljai at the five to have, I, I hesitate to call it a smaller lineup because he's 6'10". He certainly doesn't have as much girth as your average center, but it's a quicker lineup. It's an offensive-oriented lineup. Govan had a great game against Syracuse last year. He'll be a challenge again this year. you got to look at this Georgetown backcourt with James Akinjo. 14 points per game, 5 assists per game. Have you seen? Now, these videos can be edited to make a player maybe look better than he is, but I'm sorry. Where was I on this Mac McClung mixtape, YouTube tape? Like, you watch this kid. Holy cow. My man's throwing it down. I was, (laughs) wow. I hope, you know, certainly that. There's more of these on the Syracuse end than the Georgetown end tomorrow, but he's certainly somebody that when you look at him, I'm not thinking a guy's going to run down the lane and throw down like this reverse tomahawk jam that I've seen on these highlight films. Darn, is this kid good. So you got a, a, a young backcourt, but an exciting backcourt. Akinjo was the MVP of the Peach Jam. Trey Morning is on Georgetown, so there's a link to the past there. Of course, Alonzo's son, you got Patrick Ewing. One of those things that kind of I owe Yad about today that I didn't think about when we really went in the weeds yesterday, Louis Orr. Louis Orr is on the Georgetown bench. That's right. And he's coming back to the Dome, and he's got his name up in the rafters, and he's coaching at Georgetown. It's like, how did we let this happen again? And I know Patrick Ewing coached with him uh, and played with him, I should say, with the New York Knicks, and like I get how it happened, but. Isn't there like some kind of executive order somebody could have thrown down? Like, can can we go to Chancellor Severud and be like, no, you gotta, you gotta put, you gotta stop this. We we cannot let somebody coach Georgetown. So there's a lot of great storylines there, but the matchup itself will be intriguing. Notably, how Syracuse, you can't, to use an old expression, you can't stop Jesse Govan. You can only hope to contain him. And we're looking on the Syracuse end. O'Shea Brissett, who had a huge game against Georgetown last year, has been cruising. The last few games, you certainly want to see Tyus battle. Severud's a Georgetown grad, too? Like, what is happening? Seth texts me saying that Severud's got some Georgetown roots. All right, let's go beyond him. Can, like, the mayor or somebody step in and stop this madness from happening? The governor? Like, I just, it, it, what is happening here? We'll have to address that later. Anyway, you need O'Shea to be what O'Shea Brissett has been the last two games. And that is somebody that is going inside, you know, scrapping for rebounds, getting those high percentage shots, and taking threes when they're there, not camping on the three-point line and being hesitant to go inside. Tyus, look, only scored two points on Tuesday. I think we know that's the exception, not the rule. I think we're going to see a Tyus closer to last year's Georgetown game than, say, what we saw with Tyus' battle on Tuesday night. 
The big question is one I brought up, how the centers, no matter how that rotation pans out, handle Jesse Govan and Frank Howard. Is this the game that Frank Howard really gets the juices flowing, finds that confidence? You know, we talked to Jim Beheim yesterday. So it's not a mental thing. It's just he's just got to find his way. He's just getting back into the game after being injured for a couple months. Beheim saying yesterday that he feels like three weeks behind, which really coincides with the injuries to Frank Howard and Jalen Carey. Carey's been great. He has come in and provided, you know, anywhere from 16 to 20 minutes a game of, of hustle, athletic plays, that block, that chase down block that he had Tuesday night against Northeastern, and that inbounds play that he caught from Buddy Beheim. He's slowly but surely getting his confidence back. Now, different injuries, different situations, but Carey seems to have found his confidence and his groove, particularly to get inside. I think we want to see Frank Howard drive and dish a little bit more. I mentioned Marek Dolzhai in the, in the difference that he can have, but you know, you're counting on your big guns in a game like this. So rivalries are meant to go on for history. Rivalries stoke old memories. There'll be plenty of those on ESPN tomorrow. They'll dig up all the old clips. We've played some throughout the week. We'll play some again today, but Another big reason why these two should keep playing is their competitive games. The year before that, Georgetown won at the Dome. It was, what, 78-71. There's just a certain chemistry when you put these two on the court, besides the, the history and the hatred between the fan bases and everything that stokes the memorable rivalry. They bring out the best in each other. Yet another reason why you got to keep this series going, and I think they will keep this series going beyond this year. So we'll certainly talk more about the matchup, what to look for tomorrow at the Dome throughout the show. We'll talk some football later in the program. My pick six, the NFL Blitz on the way. Lots to do here on a football-slash-Syracuse-Georgetown Friday here on the block, which is presented by our friends at the Chocolate Pizza Company, which, I mean, what more do I have to say? Chocolate pizza. No, it's not real pizza covered in chocolate. It's Chocolate pizza concoctions, great things that you should be getting your fill-in-the-blank. That co-worker you didn't know you had to get an office gift for. Your lovely bride. Your lovely girlfriend. Your husband out there, ladies. Your kids. Chocolate pizza has so many cool different gifts, ideas, chocolate ideas, candy ideas that look like all sorts of really cool food items and all kinds of fun things. Stop by the Chocolate Pizza Company Hit their website and get an excellent gift to give that nobody will re-gift. I got a guaranteed no re-gift policy. If anything, people will steal the gift from you because, oh, that's a much better gift than I got. Give me that chocolate pizza gift, right? Terrific thing for the holidays. And everybody's kind of getting frustrated now. It's like, oh, I forgot I got to get this person a gift. I just took care of it for you. Chocolate Pizza Company, my friends. All right, let's break on that note. We will come back. Kevin Brown's going to join us. Be great to catch up with KB. He is calling North Dakota State against Colgate. Big FCS playoff game. Can the Raiders take down, you know, the best team that has been at that level for years, the Alabama of the FCS level? How can they do it? KB will join us next to break it all down. He's calling the game for ESPN. Stay right there. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. On the block with Brent Axe. The referees, pure and simple, took the game away from us. Michael Graham, in front of 19,000 people, punched my player. They didn't have the guts to call it. And then they had the nerve to call about four other things to take the game away from my players. It's pure and simple. Georgetown's got a great basketball team, but today the best team did not win. Thank you. Man, they feel your house is officially closed. 
back of the backboard is broken too. He pulled his team off the floor. Two seconds to go. McNamara. It's good! Jerry Mack drops one on G-Town. The Pearl goes up against Ewing, and he's got it. The crowd comes to life. One out of five in overtime. And they're out of time. Time for Georgetown. Trawick, a half-court heave of the buzzer. And Syracuse's stint in the Big East will last for one more night. Ah, the memories are flowing. Syracuse and Georgetown tomorrow, 3.30 tip at the Carrier Dome right here on ESPN Radio AM 1200 over on Brostad TK99, a series in which this current form comes to its end, this four-game scheduled stretch. It's weird still today, even in 2018, that Syracuse and Georgetown have to get together and schedule a series outside of, you know, being in the same conference, but that they did. This one is coming to an end. Patrick Ewing is coaching Georgetown. Jim Beheim still coaching Georgetown. Love that Michael Graham clip. That never, ever gets old. Watching that, hearing that, the chair flip at the end. And he was 100% right, 100% right to be that upset about that. And the next chapter, Syracuse-Georgetown, I guess you'd call it 3.0, right, beyond this one. But they got a game to play tomorrow. We're certainly discussing it here. We're glad to have you on the block ESPN Radio, presented by our friends at Burdick Toyota. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644 if you'd like to join us that way and fire off some hot takes via the text line. Boy, you got that phone in your face anyway. You might as well fire off a, a text or two at us, right? So history is never far from this discussion. It's always ever present. And all you got to do, those were clips we played from the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s, how this rivalry has spawned different generations. But all you got to do is go back to last year, right? And that clip from Jim Beheim when he said, you know, it was like Syracuse-Georgetown games of the past, except there wasn't any blood on the floor. It was just a great game, a game that Syracuse trailed by 18 points at one point, won in overtime, 86-79. Tyus Battle at 29 points, hitting six three-pointers in that game. He had eight points in overtime. O'Shea Brissett, who was 0-3 for at halftime, goes for 24-14 and in the game itself. Frank Howard, huge steal. On Jesse Govan down the stretch, ends up with 19 points and 9 assists. Syracuse had 24 points in the first half of that game. I don't know if you remember this because you hear the score and overtime and those numbers I just gave you. It was a dreadful game to watch for the first half. They scored 24 points in the first half, 62 in the second. And here you have a Syracuse team, which is pretty much the same. Tyus Battle is back. Frank Howard is back. O'Shea Brissett is back. Pascal Chukwu, Brahma Simide. Uh, Marek Doljai had a great game against Georgetown last year. I think he had 5-8 and eight and just a scrappy play, and Syracuse is really going to need something out of its centers because Jesse Govan is still there. He's averaging just under 20 points per game, 60% field goal percentage. He can step back and hit the three. He can hit from almost anywhere. He is the modern-day center. He can hit from almost any spot on the floor. He's taken 21 three-pointers this year. He's hit 10 of them. So how does Syracuse contend with that? Georgetown's got a very, as Jim Beheim told us on yesterday's show, they've got a young team, particularly in the backcourt, but, you know, a team that's making an impact. 
Akinjo, 14 points per game, five assists per game. Mac McClung, I don't know if you've watched this kid's, you know, I mean, YouTube tapes can be edited to make a player look like it. You watch this for two minutes, you're like, oh, my God, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. But, boy, this kid can throw it down. He's athletic. He's throwing down windmills and reverse jams. And you're like, okay, giddy up. I can't wait to see him and uh, Joe Girard go at it. Should Syracuse and Georgetown extend their series, which they will, I believe. They should, right? All the... uh Requisite words we've, we've got to put in that discussion. The one thing that I'm intrigued by here is Georgetown does turn the ball over. They've been turning the ball over at a high clip so far this year, and this is a Syracuse team that is not quite at the level defensively you expect yet. They've seen, and we've seen flashes of it, but this is a team that hangs its hat on defense, and they're not that top-to-bottom gears cranking in the zone defense but this is the type of team with the rate they're turning the ball over that can really get that cranking. Patrick Ewing here now in modern times, not from the 1980s, describing Syracuse, the team he faces tomorrow. We're going to face a very good team, a team that, you know, I think I played here four years and I really want to beat them up, up there once in my four years. So it's going to be a, a, a tough task. You know, we have to be ment- ready mentally and physically uh, to go up there and play. Uh, hopefully no oranges will hit the backboard when one of us is shooting. Uh, but, you know, we're looking forward to it. Did you say oranges hitting the backboard? Oh, an orange hit the back of the backboard and broke it too. He pulled his team off the floor. John Thompson pulls the team off the floor, and that's just one of so many memories between Syracuse and Georgetown, and it's great to reminisce about that. I think that's what carries a rivalry, seeing Patrick Ewing coaching on the sideline, seeing Lewis Orr on his bench back at the Dome coaching Georgetown. I mean, friendship and the bond. Barry's for Luga wrote a great piece about this in the Washington Post today, and Lachiserie, for those of you that listen to Barry on the Tony Kornheiser show as well, about the friendship between Patrick Ewing and Lewis Orr and why that came to be. And everybody said, what What are you, are you coaching at Georgetown? But sometimes friendships and bonds go beyond, you know, your alma mater. I mean, Louis Orr's got his name in the rafters. Louis and Bowie show finally got those jerseys honored. And, I mean, how weird is that going to be? How it, It's rare to see something like that. Not rare to see players that have gone on to coach elsewhere come back to the Dome, certainly, but not at Georgetown, man. That's... It's just that's still going to be weird. It's just still going to be weird. But every time you turn the corner and think that this thing's just going to fizzle out, something puts a jolt into this rivalry. But you know what has to keep going to make a rivalry survive? Good games, competitive games, close games. Last year, 86-79 in overtime. Year before that, Georgetown comes here, 78-71 win. Go down the list of Syracuse-Georgetown games through history. You're not seeing a lot of big gaps. Once in a while, the other team will get the other. Remember, Georgetown came here the last year of the Dome, and Syracuse only scored 39 points in that game. He could not have a bigger dud in what we thought would be the last game between those two, and then they met in the Big East tournament, and it was epic. I played the C.J. Fair clip, and we thought that was the end. It was a natural end. Syracuse beats Georgetown in Madison Square Garden in the last Big East tournament ever. I mean, they made a documentary about that. But just like all the reboots we've seen through the years and go to as we speak, Star Wars and all these things that you think came to a natural end, but people just yearn for it. But we've got to keep giving 
the current generation a reason to care. And the reason the current generation should care is not only taking a cue from, and I hate to say I'm now of the older generation, but I've got the gray hair to prove it now, but they need to see and attach to things themselves. And, you know, what they have, they don't have the memories of watching Patrick Ewing in the Dome like most of us listening do, but they have seen some great games between these two. And I think we're going to see a great game tomorrow. I'm curious to see how Syracuse responds to this Georgetown team, how they defend Jesse Govan, if the Hoyas will turn over the ball at the rate that they have. The biggest question I have, though, it's the biggest question most of us have, is when we see Frank Howard really come into his own. In the meantime, you need Tyus Battle to beat Tyus Battle. You need O'Shea Brissett to stay on the pace he's at. He has really mixed it up inside, been in the paint, getting rebounds, had a double-double the other night, can hit the three, has certainly improved a lot of aspects of his offensive game this year, but going at it with Jesse Govan in the middle is, is, is one thing. Elijah Hughes gets his first crack at the Georgetown rivalry. We played a clip the other night of how he's, he's looking forward to being a part of this. What you get out of Pascal and Barama at this point, frankly, are our bonuses, and that should not be the case. There's five non-conference games for those two to show, like, okay, we're taking advantage of this time and at least are getting ready for ACC play. Jalen Carey's been an X-factor for this team the past few games, and I think he can be a big X-factor in this game tomorrow. So we're looking forward to this matchup, this game, the current form of Syracuse and Georgetown, while the ghosts of the past are certainly never far away. Manly Fieldhouse is officially closed. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644, so we can certainly continue our Syracuse-Georgetown discussion, but it is a football Friday, so when we come back, We'll do the NFL Blitz. Everything you need to know about the upcoming weekend in the National Football League. It's one of the fastest segments in radio. Don't miss it. Thank you. Bye-bye.